Hey guys, what's up? It's Tyler Kluver. This is the Snapped Podcast. So glad that you're joining me. On this podcast, we're going to talk about diet, exercise, mindset, training, sports, performance, and any of the things that we discuss, me or the guests that I bring on, is going to help you get better and help you get healthier in some way or another. We're glad you're here. Sit back, relax. Let's have it. start this podcast I get the I get the reminder on my phone anybody else set reminders on their phone for like long-term stuff right I get the reminder on my phone that I have estimated taxes due this month that's the worst I work for myself so taxes are not taken out of I mean I don't even get a paycheck I don't get paychecks I get I, you know, I sign if, if anyone out there listens that has been a client, obviously, you know, that we just, we just sort of, uh, we close the deal. We, um, and then we just, you just pay me through whatever Avenue is easiest for you out of several options. And that is like my paycheck. Right. And I get you know, every three months I have clients that re up or every six months I have clients that re up. So all the, all this sits in a schedule, but there is no like every two weeks I get a check, right? And when I do get those payments, it's in full. So I have to pay this. And I'm sure plenty of you out there also work for yourself or have to pay estimated taxes. But then every three months, I have to just voluntarily say, oh, I'll go pay a certain amount of money to the government without knowing if it's the correct amount or not, just because I know that at the end of the year, I'm going to owe money. And so I'm going to guess, I'm going to estimate. So I have to pay those estimated taxes now. This will be the third of four payments for 2021. And luckily I'm not like a millionaire, so it's not a lot of money, but uh, actually, you know what? I'd rather be a millionaire because it's all relative. Someday, someday, when the walk-ons really takes off. Oh, I'm yawning. So respectful. Uh, clearly, I'm alive. Thank you guys for joining me. Today is going to be the recap of the Dam to DSM 20K race run. Definitely wasn't a race for me. It's hardly a run it sometimes. It's more of a trudge, uh, is what I would call it. I survived i survived the race i ran twenty thousand meters from the sailorville lake in i don't know if it's i'm not sure what the lake's address would be i think it's polk city uh just um just west of kind of southwest of ankeny not even south really it's just west of ankeny uh and then that runs down basically straight south uh, to I-80. You cross, you cross I-80 
I don't even remember going over the bridge at this point. Man, I was, <laughs> we're, we're going to get there. Uh, the bridge that crosses I-80 is right at about six miles, just a, just ahead of six miles. And then um, you're, so you're about halfway through and then kind of takes you through the North neighborhoods of Des Moines and uh, loops you down in across I-235 um, and then across the river to finish. And you literally finish right as you cross the river. So um, almost a half marathon, 12.4 miles, 20,000 kilometers, 20K. And last year I ran this race for the first time. As many of you know who have followed the podcast this year, I sort of talked about this. I trained for almost three months leading up to this before I got COVID on pull up the calendar just so we can be exact. This race happened last Saturday. So the 28th, I got COVID on the 12th and it really kind of, I was fully in, I started to have like very, very minor symptoms, like a slight headache and, uh, like poor sleep on the 12th, but basically two weeks out from the race on the 14th is when I really like sort of, I, not even, I may, maybe even like the, the 15th. So less than two weeks out from the race, right? Week 13 and week 14 of what were supposed to be my training uh, weeks leading up into the thing. I basically was reduced to no running the week before. And then uh, I think I put in a total of six miles the week leading up to the race. I was finally able to, I felt good enough to work out last week uh, like four times. And I gradually increased the running each day up to uh, Friday where I ran I do Friday, not even, I think Thursday, I ran four and a half miles. And then Friday we did like a little 30 minute shakeout workout. So last week I told you guys, obviously about that sort of hiccup in the road. And I had no idea what this was going to look like, right? I felt good. Uh, after last week's podcast, the day after last week's podcast, I did those four and a half miles and I felt actually really good for four and a half miles. I ran a, I ran a eight, uh, 45 pace for four and a half miles. I was cooking. That would have, that pace would have actually beat my time from last year. My goal pace this year, as I mentioned in last week's podcast, or maybe one before, was eight minute, 803 miles to, to try and run under an hour and 40 minutes, which I realize now looking at the results of the race that that may have been, um, even if all things considered were perfect, that may have been aggressive like real aggressive, I would have ended up running like top, I think like top 100 males in the race or something like that. 
which is I'm not a runner. Like I'm not going to run top 100 when there's 2,500 people running a race. Like that's just not going to, that ain't in the cards, but that time would have like been upwards of, of there. And so maybe the, maybe that was aggressive, but nonetheless, we decided to run the race. I felt good. Uh, Saturday night or Friday night, I guess I slept not good just as bad as you could sleep. Uh, My wife and I had just gone to a high school football game to watch some family that were involved in that. And uh, we got home and I think I got to sleep. Well, I could check actually. I think I got to sleep about 10, 15. Let's check. I want to say the total sleep that I got. Yeah. So I got to sleep at 10.30 on Friday night, and I woke up at 4.43 a.m. Um, and, and those five hours and 17 minutes uh, that my whoop is telling me that I slept, I would say almost none of it was deep sleep. I felt like I was laying awake the whole night. And uh, it's just the anticipation of the race and a little bit of the anticipation of, okay, the excitement's there, but not only is the excitement there, but I am, I am fully unsure of how this is going to go. Uh, I was well hydrated, woke up at 4.45 a.m. Uh, we had to be, because you can't, like, because of the starting line of this race, everybody gets bussed out to the, the start line, right? So, um you can't just drive there. Otherwise cars, the, the car situation would not work. So had to go to uh, Merle Hay Mall, which was my pickup location. My wife, lovely wife, Lauren, dropped me off at um, about 5.45. Um, waited about five, 10 minutes in the dark in a parking lot with a bunch of people and hopped on a bus somehow got my own seat. I was like the only one on the bus that didn't double up, which is great because I hate people. And we rode out to the dam, got to the dam shortly after six. And it was cool. Like the environment was really, really, really cool. Um, Everybody's excited. Everybody, you know, everybody, for me, it's funny because you can tell like, oh, there you're a runner. Like you clearly, you wear the right stuff. You've got the right shoes. I mean, I had running shoes, but you know, you've got, you clearly know what you're doing. You can tell, you can see the confidence in people as they walk around, like this is my 14th damn to damn or whatever, you know? Um, at this point, nutrition wise, I had eaten a, and this was probably short-sighted, but I had eaten a, I train on no food basically. And this is probably a flaw, but for 12, 13, 14 weeks, I would, I would do my runs. I would say 90% of my runs with no food in my stomach, like in the morning. So I run well, but that doesn't really work when you increase the distance out. For me, it's about eight ish miles. Like once I get over eight miles, that doesn't work anymore. You need fuel in your body. So I had a granola bar. Uh, which was like 160 calories. And then I had a full pack of cliff blocks, which are just like energy run gummies. 
uh, which is 200 calories. So I had about 360 calories um, in my stomach. Um, Energy-wise, I felt great uh, pretty much throughout the whole run. So I think I did okay there. I think where I lacked was I did not um, – man, I really did feel – I felt pretty damn hydrated. I don't think my hydration throughout the early parts of the race was enough. Um, I should have grabbed – there was aid stations. So that was nice. I did not have to run with a, like a pack or a little like fanny pack with, with water bottles. Um, but I should have grabbed more cups from the first, probably three aid stations in those first four and a half miles. Uh, because as we'll get to, I cramped, uh, basically full on 100% calf, um, contraction cramp at mile eight. And that lasted through the last four and a half miles. Um, but yeah, the, the start line was incredible. The, there was like a, uh, a national anthem, like a rock style national anthem on a, like an electric guitar. Um, the, the sun is just starting to rise. You're up on this dam. It's beautiful. You can see the lake. Um, you can see, uh, you can see, literally the tall buildings of Des Moines in the distance. And that's part of the, the whole spiel of this thing is you stand on the dam and you can see your finish line essentially. Uh, and it's way the fuck out there. I mean, it's, it's out there. It looks like you, know, you run even, even th- people who are trained to run 10, 12 miles, it looks a lot farther than that. And it sort of adds to the mystique and the, the grandeur of the event. Um, yeah, the, the dam is just packed. It's like, it's full on packed. And there was a rolling start this year. So the, uh, like the really, really good elite runners took off at like 645 and you had till 730 to start the race. Um, I, I wasn't even up on the dam. I was, I was sort of walking on to the dam from the side road as the national anthem finished. Uh, and then they took off and I was not that it was like super official or anything, but I was in like wave six of people who took off. And I think there was probably uh, the first wave was like probably 500, 500 plus people. After that, each wave was like a hundred people and it, it would just roll like every one or two minutes. So I took off about 12 minutes. I believe it was 12 minutes after the, the elites took off. So, um, you know, last week I told you guys my mindset was uh, that I'm probably not going to be able to run that 140. Um, hindsight, I don't even know if a healthy me was going to run a 140. I took off and on the on the dam, it's just a very flat straightaway. Um, I was, uh, I was caught up in the emotion of everything a little bit, just because I was, I was super happy to just be there. And the fact that I was going to be able to run the race was, was awesome. And, but now it's time, like you have to kind of put away all the excitement, like the music that's pumping, all the people that are around you, you've are, you know, if you're smart, you've gotten your heart rate up a little bit and brought it back down. So, you know, things are kind of elevated and we take off 
and I was in the front. I was basically like in the front of the, uh, well, not kind of, I was literally the number one person to get cut off and be in wave six. So I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the front of the pack of wave of our wave and we take off and uh, there was one guy who absolutely bolted in front of me and another person who was steadily running faster than me. But other than that, I'm basically in the front. Like I was running the third fastest pace off the gate um, of anyone in our wave. And I thought to myself, like I'm up on the dam. My watch is telling me that I'm running, you know, like an eight twenty five or something like that. Uh, and I know that the first mile or two is going to be faster because we're one, we go downhill uh, and two, we uh, it's the beginning of the race. You're the most fresh. You're the most excited. You have the most adrenaline, right? So 825, I'm actually thinking at this point, damn, I ran that kind of slow. Um, we get about half a mile in and um, in my head, I'm thinking to myself, okay, lungs feel good. Legs feel good. You know, like I've ran like basically an 800 at this point. And I think to myself, all right, I'm 20 seconds off this 803 pace that I need to run if I'm going to run 140. Um, and I'm no bitch. So at this point, I feel good. I say to myself, you can't run 140 if you don't run the first few miles of the race, the first half of the race in you know, eight tens or eight fifteens, right? You're not going to be able to run seven thirties, seven, seven twenty paces for the last two, three miles. Um, it's just probably not going to happen. So if you're going to run this pace, you, you got to run it out the gate. Uh, and very fortunately I found a couple, um, who ran the race together. They were clearly runners. The guy was probably 160 to 170 pounds. His, his girlfriend, was probably 120 pounds and they were good at running. Um, they had crept up from me from behind me, either the back of our heat or probably the front of the next wave that had started. Um, and they clearly were running a little bit faster than me, uh, about 20 seconds faster an eight ten pace. And I, as they passed me, uh, I liked what I liked kind of the rhythm that they had and, and the pace that they were keeping. And I, so I decided, you know what, these are my two people. I'm going to pick these two people to run behind. And I, the goal is just to stay with them. Uh, you go North first off of the dam and you actually go up to um, you basically come out of the, the frontage road that takes you onto the dam um, and you come on to Northwest 37th street and that goes South. You pass mile one marker and you're, uh, you kind of on your way, um, eventually pass the second mile marker and, um, you start to curve around and then you take us a, a slight right on basically down these two cornfields. You're right in the middle of two cornfields. Uh, Northwest Tony drive. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. It's like, it's Iowa. It, it's called the Valley, um, uh, part of the race. And, um, at the end of this road, you're basically, you, you pass three miles right at the end of this road. And then you start to come out of like the real country and, and there's a little bit of civilization and you take a, 
You take a left onto Northwest 66th Ave as you pass that three mile mark. Um, and uh, the fan zone is at the next corner where you, you, you're, you're traveling east on Northwest 66th for, I don't know, maybe a half mile. And then you turn right south again onto the road that eventually crosses over I-80 it's the longest, um, it's not a fully straight road, but without taking a, a hard right or hard left, it's the longest straightaway on the course. It's probably close to three miles itself. Um, yeah, I would say it's, it's a three mile long stretch before you actually turn off of this, this part of the race. Um, and at the very, very top of this road is almost four miles in, it's, it was the fan zone and it's where Lauren was standing. My wife, uh, because I don't run with a shirt on, but I wore a shirt out to the dam and I didn't want to like throw it away at the dam. So I tossed my shirt to her. Um, and it was right before we got to this fan zone, right before four miles where this couple that I had been following started to pull away from me. Uh, I realized that, you know, for four miles, three and a half, four miles, I ran with this couple and I felt good. But about four miles in, I could tell I didn't have eight and a half miles of this left. And it wasn't even a, it wasn't that decision that I talked about where I had to make a decision to run it or not. Um, this was a pace that I could not do. Uh, and it was, I think it was due to the, the slight detraining that the COVID kind of put me through. Um, and so they started to pull away from me down this long um, southbound stretch, Northwest 26th Ave, um, that would eventually cross over the Morningstar Bridge um, and turn into Northwest Morningstar Drive, kind of curves back east a little bit again, taking you towards the north neighborhoods of Des Moines. And I just didn't have it. Um, so we slowed down a little bit. And it was funny, my wife was tracking me uh, after the race, she was like, yeah, I, I saw your paces start to slow down pretty significantly after you passed me at mile four. And I was like, yep, I didn't have it. I realized I didn't have it. So at this point, it's tough because now I don't know what my goal is. I don't know why, why am I running this race? Um, at this point, it's just for completion. But I'm the kind of person who's like, well, like I ran this race last year. Like I completed it last year. I'm not I've done it right. So it's not the allure that and the, the coolness of completing this race isn't something that is really going to drive me through this. Now, what I was listening to in my earbuds was David Goggins first ever appearance on Joe Rogan when he talks about sort of running a hundred miles on, on no training and then doing a, a marathon like a month later after almost dying during that first hundred miles, all while he's 225 pounds. And then a month after that marathon running 130 miles. Um, so it's about the best motivation you could have. And I heavily, heavily leaned on the, on David Goggins and the motivation of that episode uh, throughout this race. Um, so, I, so I knew I didn't have it at four miles. And when I, I'll tell you this, mentally, it was the most grindy part of the race because as I basically gave up that I wasn't going to run 803, I didn't really in my mind have a goal, right? Like at this point, I guess the next goal for me, which I kind of realized maybe two or three miles later was, okay, well, maybe we'll try and run faster than we did last year. 
Um, and, but I didn't even really remember what that time was. And it was like 153 something. So miles four to six, um, really miles four to yeah, mile four to six, just past six, uh, were mentally the most difficult because I felt defeated that I wasn't going to run the pace I wanted to. The two that I was following, they ran away from me. And, um, and physically, I was starting to feel it. Like I was starting to hurt a little bit um, because I had just blown myself out at an 8-10 pace on two weeks of no training, uh, a pace that I was going to hurt at anyway when things were perfect. So my body kind of was like, hey, buddy, you just ran four miles and you blew yourself out. We're going to have to slow this one back. Um, right at right at the 10 K mark. So 6.2 miles is when you go uphill, uh, you go, this is really the, the really the only uphill of the entire race. Um, there's a few other small Hills, uh, small climbs of maybe a hundred, uh, or, you know, maybe 50 or a hundred feet high, but this climb was closer to, you know, like, 200 feet or, or more and of elevation. And, uh, this was the moment where I, I refocused. I told myself, all right, I hadn't walked yet. I ran through every station. This is probably why I didn't, uh, I didn't get enough hydration. And I suppose I should go back and talk about that. There was three or four checkpoints in those first six miles. I grabbed one cup of water or Gatorade, whatever was at each one. And, um, should have grabbed two, probably should have grabbed two. Um, we get to that 6.2, 10K mark, and you go uphill, and this is where I decided to lock it in. I knew I was exactly halfway, uh, which, is, which is promising. And so now everything is technically downhill, like figuratively. Uh, and it was a hill, and I decided I'm not – I'm going to make up ground on people on the hills, right? A lot of people got to the base of, of a bunch of the hills on the course and they would walk the hill up. And I decided that this is where I'm going to make my time. I'm going to beat and gain and pass people on the hills. And I'm actually going to run faster uphill. And I did that. And because I did that at, at that first large incline, uh, it actually kind of reinvigorated me. And it took me into my favorite part of the course, which is uh, basically mile six and a half through mile oh nine. Um, and it's those north neighborhoods. It takes you, um, you turn a sl uh, left on Aurora Ave after you come off that big three mile stretch of, of, of road after you cross 80. You turn very quickly back south again on 11th street and you're literally running through just a neighborhood bunch of houses um and this is a little bit uphill as well um uh you hit oak park ave and go east again um which takes you on the top side of a of a of, of oak park which is a nice little park right in the middle of north des moines um and at this point it kind of sits on a hill um you're 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 elevated because you've ran up into this neighborhood and so right as you turn onto Oak Park Ave and you run by Oak Park, again, you can see through a clearing like downtown Des Moines. And it's a, it's a really cool shot. 
um, and then back south on 6th Ave, uh, which is sort of a main road up through North Des Moines. Uh, it takes you right by North High School and um, down towards Birdland Drive. Um, those, those three miles right there, those two and a half, three miles, my favorite part of the course. Um, a bunch of now spectators are on the road because you're, you're into uh, the town now, you're into the city. Uh, and there people are out there cheering. There are several people who had like hoses that were spraying people down as you ran by. I actually didn't like that. Um, but you know, they're, they're out there, uh, and there, it's more motivation, right? And there's music at all these, um, at all these rest stops. Uh, and you come out of there and you actually run, once you run past North high school, sort of uh, campus, you take a slight right up onto this exit ramp that takes you down underneath uh, the bridge that you would have just ran if you didn't get off on that exit. And it takes you, now you're along the river. Now from this point forward, you kind of run the river um, into town, into downtown. And uh, the reinvigoration from mile six uh, left me at mile eight and a half and nine. Um, you know, now we're 75% of the way through. We're in those last few miles. The last mile is easy, right? Um, you're almost done. But miles 9, 10, 11, those hurt. And we have now entered that spot. Um, and you're running around the, along the river and it's, it's beautiful. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh my God, I could walk. Like, I, I really want to walk right now. But I had told myself, I'm not walking. I'm not going to, I'm, I started jogging. I'm not going to stop jogging. And this is right about where I started to feel the, the beginning of my calves and my quads starting to cramp. Um, it wasn't bad. You run along the river and then you run um, south a little bit uh, and you kind of by Marina Hill and then you find Union Park. And Union Park has a, a, a just a pure circle street, that a road that runs around it. And this year it was part of the course and it's right at 10 miles um, as you, as you cross into that park and, uh, and there's a, there was a aid station right at the crossing of that circle. So you enter and you come out um, on opposite sides of the aid station and then you continue forward. Um, it was at this point where my calves are full on cramping. Um, the uh the the park is a hill basically you run uphill as you enter the park it then takes you downhill and then you run back uphill to come out of the park um and at the aid station going into the park i dumped a, a cup of water over my head and it knocked my contact out of my right eye <laughs> so now i'm running with one contact um which as those of you know who run or who have contacts uh, sometimes that can cause headaches with two different visions. Um, water and sweat are pouring into my eyes and I, and I'm full on calf cramping and I'm running like nine and a half, you know, minute miles at this point, which still isn't bad. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to push, the hills, I'm all, I'm still trudging up the hills and passing people on the hills and trying to go faster on the hills. 
Um, and I finally get out of that park and, and run down the bike trail that follows the river south at this point. You know, at this point, you're 10, 10 and a half miles in. You got two miles left, right? 20 minutes, less than 20 minutes left in the race. And I am hurting. And those 20 minutes can only be described as just getting through it, right? Like you just have to make the decision to put one foot in front of the other and keep taking a step and another step and another step. Everything hurts, but it's going to be over and you just have to finish, right? Uh, there was a guy who I kind of picked up and sort of ran next to during this time who was walking and then running. Um, and it was a really, it was a really good example sort of, of just racing somebody in general or how effort works. He would, I ran up on him as he was walking and I passed him, but then maybe 10 or 15 seconds later, he sprinted by me. He was running paces that were faster than me. Um, when he was running, the problem is, is he would run for a minute or 90 seconds or so, and then he would stop and walk for 30 seconds. Um, and so I would, I caught up to him again as he slowed down and started walking. Um, and we're getting closer and closer. We're crossing I-235 now underneath it. Uh, did we go, I guess we would have gone. Yeah, we would have went underneath I-235. Um, he passes me again. Like we go through a couple cycles of this. And eventually I don't see him. I pass him a final time and I don't see the guy. And he eventually finishes behind me. And it just goes to show like that constant, um, slightly less intense, slower effort by me. But I never walked. I always stayed steady. Um, was better than someone who was sprinting and then losing all that ground because he had to walk right kind of tortoise in the hair situation. So, um, you know, you, you make a, you make a right onto grand Avenue, uh, which takes you across the river and, and through the finish line. And like, it was funny. My wife, Lauren, she said, it was funny to watch some of the people as they made that final turn, all of a sudden start running like twice as fast as they had been. And I was like, yeah, that, that was not me at this point. My calves are full on cramp. Like, um, every step I'm taking is pain because my calf is fully contracted and that it probably, that was probably the last two, basically since the park, um, two and a half, two and a half, three miles. And, uh, I, my pace did not quicken at all. It did not quicken at all. I jogged that same nine and a half, 10 minute pace through the finish line. Um, I'm like half blind at this point because I can see good out of one eye, but I can't see out of the other. And, um, and I did it and I crossed the finish line. It was exponentially harder this year than it was last year when I ran with, uh, with Justin. Uh, and we just ran the same route by ourselves. Um, Yeah. It last year I felt good after the run this year. I felt bad. I was in my base after I stopped running and this is why I decided not to walk. I told myself you can't walk or it's going to turn out bad. You're going to lose a ton of ground because when you walk, your body gets that moment to realize, Oh, we're not going to, we're not doing any exercise anymore. We're done. And then it tries to like correct itself. It tries to heal. It tries to start that process. And a lot of that is, basically cramping and 
getting stiff, getting tight, uh, which started to happen immediately once I finally found Lauren and I sat down on the sidewalk. Um, I basically, my, my legs basically stopped working and the adrenaline wears off because you you actually stop exercising and the pain gets even worse. And I was like, get me the hell out of here. So basically um, that was it. Finished with a total time of 155.12, um, which actually ended up being uh, like f- uh, 59th in my age group or something like that. Um, not horrible. Um, it ended up being like 481st place overall in the entire race um, out of like 22 or 2,500 people that ran. And to, to-, to place in the top 20% um, of, of runners in an endurance running event for me, even though I'm very fit, I still, I still consider that a win. Um, I should have been higher. I'm not really happy with the result. Um, it's just the way I am. Like a lot of people are going to be like, dude, you should be proud of yourself. And I am for finishing it, but you know, it, it just, it didn't do it for me. It wasn't a waste of time. It was a good event. Uh, and for me, Something like this, I look at the most value uh, that ca- that came from it being in that I got, you know, basically two hours to push myself mentally. Uh, there's not very not very often are you working out for t- uh, two straight hours, right? And it was a mental battle. And when you go through something like that, and this was part of my post on Instagram, when you go through something like that, it hardens you, right? You become more adaptable. You become more mentally tough. You become more physically tough. And you have to do things like that if you're going to be a badass, if you're going to be the alpha in life, right? If, you, if you're somebody that takes life by the horns, grab life by the balls, and you go and you succeed and you do, and you're active and you take action on things, like you have to do things like this physically that will test you, like this mentally that will test you. And so that's, that's where I really see the value in doing this race. Um, who knows? what my endurance running uh, competitive future looks like. Um, I don't necessarily know if I care to do any more uh, races like this. Um, Maybe every once in a while I'll run this damn to DSM because it is a cool just event. Um, My mind is maybe turning towards uh, triathlon if I'm going to do something like this, like an endurance event. And we'll see where that goes. I've, I've literally no details or thoughts other than maybe that's what I want to do next or maybe look into. Um, some statistics on the, uh, on the, on the day. Um, I ran that race. Um, I burned 2,200 calories during the race. I averaged a 173 beats per minute heart rate throughout the, the two hours. That was my average, right? So um, towards the end for like the last, you know, for the last shit, for the second half of the race, basically the second hour of running, I basically averaged like a 185 heart rate. I averaged a 185 heart rate, which is like most people's max heart rate. <laughs> Um, so you can imagine how bad that hurt, right? To, and this is something I take a lot of pride in is I was able to sustain 
I was able to keep a pace that didn't drop off too heavy, even though my heart rate was spiked to the max. Uh, my max heart rate got up to 192, which was right at the end of the race. Um, and yeah, like I, it just, that sort of data uh, is basically shows like how well you can hurt. Um, I spent 102 minutes in 90 to 100% of my max heart rate zone, which is sort of absurd. Like most people, um, if there's anything I'm proud of, it's that because most people can't do that. Um, most people at that 90 to 100% of your max heart rate, most people are spending, you know, maybe you could spend 20 minutes there, 30 minutes. And I spent, 100 and, I spent 102 minutes there. Uh, I was there for 90 minutes. So I can probably hurt more than most people. Um, and I, that's not anything new. That's something that, that we crafted at Iowa. I had to basically force myself into that. Otherwise I wasn't going to finish conditioning stuff. And that data is pretty cool to have. And that's from my whoop, my whoop strap. I, I burned 4,100 calories that day and other, like, obviously all of that was from the race because after the race, I literally went home and did not move from the couch until we went to bed. So we got it done. We survived. COVID affected us, but didn't, uh, did not deter us or stop us from running the race. And uh, that is the dam to DSM 2021 recap. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, it was super nerdy and in depth and sort of mile by mile, but uh, some people like that stuff. Um, hopefully it wasn't too long and boring that others stopped listening to sort of hear those tidbits about mental toughness and sort of how I had to grind through stuff, but that is how she went. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed the recap. We'll be back next week and who knows where we'll go from here. Talk to you then. Peace.